Hello, this is Southcast, and I'm Dana Williams. I discuss all things related to real estate. Noah Rosenblatt, the CEO and co-founder of Urban Digs, is joining me today. Urban Digs provides invaluable data to the real estate industry and is highly respected. It's such a pleasure having you, Noah. Thank you for being here today and taking the time. I'm honored. Thank you for having me, Dana. You have so much information. I. You're primarily focused on Manhattan, but I know you have a national perspective. So I wanted to sort of get your opinion on what you think are the major challenges that are facing real estate, the real estate industry today. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a complex question because there's a lot of moving parts when looking at the national housing market. But, you know, I think if I had to list one, the, the first thing would be is high, higher prices. I mean, higher prices are, are kind of the answer for high prices. You know, as prices continue to rise, I think I think buyers are at some point going to have a natural threshold where where the cooling off is going to happen. And you almost don't even know when you're going from the peak into the fall um, because it happens so quick before you realize it, you're in the middle of it. I think rising prices in and of itself is going to present an obstacle. Buyers reliance on low rates. I think is a major issue. I don't think a lot of buyers are are have been through a rising interest rate environment. I mean, we've been in a low interest rate disinflationary environment for decades now. I wonder and I worry what may happen if if that were to reverse course and bonds were to sell off and those rates would rise over time sustainably. How does that impact the housing market? You also got supply chain risks when it comes to new developers and home builders. You have, you know, it, it goes from the whole spectrum. I mean, you're talking about from labor to toasters to appliances to roofing materials. All, all of this stuff is is seeing rising prices and shortages of supplies. So that's definitely something that's going to impact it. And it's in general, I just you put all these things together and you look at the fact of what the housing market has done over the last year and a half, like where we are, the rate of change, et cetera, et cetera. And all of these things have to present the risk at some point. Now, the question is, is are all of these things going to you know, turn the other way and, and, and confluence together at the same time? Probably not. It'll probably be one item that's coming in and then another item kicks in later on. But so far, none of it's happened. So we'll see. Those, you're, you're kind of explaining the buzzwords that are going around right now, which are inflation and bubble. I, I'm hearing from brokers in many other markets, not as much as in Manhattan, but about their fear that the prices have gone up so much and what, what's going to be the adjustment and when is that adjustment going to come? So if, yeah. if I could just ask you, if we, if we could break down inflation and the conversation about the bubble. So let's talk about you, what we, the bubble first. Right. So, I mean, I, I, it's, it's so hard to predict the top of a bubble. I mean, again, I, I actually think that the national housing market right now is kind of cooling off from the summer highs. I think Manhattan is doing its own thing. New York City did not go up while the rest of the housing market did. We went down. So, Manhattan's doing its own thing. So the national housing market just has pretty much been going straight up since this whole um, COVID pandemic began. And I think it's literally in its first kind of corrective wave right now from the summer highs, but it's not like it's crashing or falling. It's just kind of taking a brutal lack of a better word. Some areas are definitely bubblicious. I mean, the way those things work is they have a melt up top and then they have a, a, a big fall. So like I would, I would think it's going to be very local. Some sectors may have seen 20, 30, 40% price increases in a very short period of time. 
those are the places that are going to turn around one day and they're going to half those gains just evaporated overnight type of thing. The buyers and the bids are just not there anymore at that level. I don't know if if the majority of the national housing market is in that predicament right now. I kind of still think that the market has more to go. And if there is going to be a, a, a correction, a pause, I don't think it's going to be a bust in the housing market. I don't think you're going to see you know, what we saw in 2007, 2008, because banks are actually making sure people have money to afford these, these homes. And mm-hmm. there, there's real macro forces. There's a shortage of inventory. You know, I mean, it's, it's starting to get a little relief now, but generally speaking, there's a shortage of inventory and demographics are going to be rising. It's, it's, there's going to be a need for housing. We're in a very low rate environment. The Fed is is printing trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. I, we're going to talk about that in a moment, I guess. So I think that this could last until until at least another six to 12 months. It's probably going to get tied to when the risk-off period hits the credit markets and hits the stock markets, is mm-hmm. my guess. And that's when the cracks will show in the housing market. But I don't think it's going to be a long hit. I don't think it's something that's going to be, ah, we're getting killed for a couple of years and now we're just down for, for out, out, of, out of favor for years. I don't think that's going to be it at all. I think it's going to be a quick correction. And I think it'll come back relatively quickly after that, whenever it happens. All right. I'm speaking to brokers who are have been doing so well in markets that for the, since the Great Recession have really been falling off. So I think there's just fear out there among them. Yeah. But because there's so little supply. I mean, there's basically everything's been sold in the short term. That's good to hear from you, but I love your expression, bubblicious. I think it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Did I say that? Um, I don't even realize it. (laughs) (laughs) So, but that brings me to your, you know, what you sort of began to touch on, which is, you know, the Federal Reserve and their role in this last year, how critical it's been. And I would love to get your opinion on What's had more of an impact, the Federal Reserve or COVID? Obviously, they're completely linked. But yeah, oh, oh, oh the Fed. Uh, yeah, the Fed is is almighty. I mean, they're trapped. They are trapped now. I mean, big time. I don't, I don't know how they're going to sustain this, this, this buying of of assets, this QE, this this mortgage backed securities. They're buying assets. I know they're tightening in terms of that's coming down a little bit. Uh, now that you have inflation coming out, you have the stock markets near record highs. You got you got all these different asset classes that are going through the roof. What do they do? I think they're thinking about tapering next year. The the bet right now is summer hikes. I don't I don't see that happening. I mean, the market will actually probably go into a tantrum. You know, a taper tantrum mm-hmm. is what they they're going into mm-hmm. tantrum. And then they'll go down and that's that's going to stop the Fed from hiking too much. It's almost going to do the hikes for them. I, personally, I think the Fed should try to cool things off a little bit right now, but they're not going to do it. They don't want to impede the recovery. When I look down the road, I mean, when the Fed prints like this, it takes time to funnel through the economic system. The first places it hits are all the reflationary asset classes, the stock markets, the cryptos, you know, all these places where money's looking for yield. And there's a mm-hmm. massive, massive search for yield right now that's pushing all these asset prices up and reflating everything. But down the road, it's going to funnel through the economic system. The fiscal stimulus is going to funnel through the economic system. And I do think it's going to power recovery as we go through the decade. It's just that I think we're going to have this corrective force happening in those asset classes that went too crazy, like the stock market um, and other sectors. I think that's going to ultimately come back down to earth a little bit. The Fed is is the driver of it all. Like 
what's the chances that they get all of these policy decisions correct going forward? And there's going to be a, a, a complex wave of decisions to be made with all these numbers coming mm-hmm. in, running hot. So I, I don't, I can't recall a period of time where the Fed engineered a soft landing and got us out of it with, with minimal um, problems. I do think that the, the, the biggest risk to housing, or, or I guess the stock market, which inherently is a risk to housing, if the stock market goes, housing might go with it kind of a thing, is Fed policy errors to what the position that they're in right now, the trap that they're in right now. And that's yet to happen. It's probably going to unravel over the next six months. So it's going to get it's going to get exciting. It's going to get crazy. It's it's going to it's uncharted territory. And and, you know, we don't know where this goes. All I, all I will say is that the Fed had to do what they did. They had to do what they did because it would have created a, a, a systemic collapse uh, of the credit markets. And that we, we saw kind of what happens with that with Lehman Brothers. We kind yes. of like, all right, we don't want that to happen again. You know, so so they had a whole playbook and they came in very quick in this whole crisis because there was there was a period of time in March last year where, where the credit markets were getting unhinged. And mm-hmm. they did not want credit events to happen because that would have just disrupted everything. So they kind of had to do what they did. But now we're in a completely different situation and they're going to have to unwind all of this and take away these programs. And you know what happens to the drug addict when you take away the juice. So that's what's lying ahead. So we'll see. Well, that kind of uh, brings up then this whole, again, buzzword about inflation. And if you could just give a quick definition, because I think we talk about inflation, but people don't really understand the connection with the housing market. So if you could just speak to that. Well, I mean, the general definition of inflation is 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 like, you know, the, the general rising of, of prices over time. And that's mostly due to the destruction of your currency's buying power. It, it's largely, I mean, mostly a monetary phenomenon. Obviously, there's some supply side elements of inflation that we're experiencing now, right? There's definitely a supply side to it, but it's mostly a monetary phenomenon. It, it happens when central banks go and they go haywire, you know, and they print too much money and there's too much money chasing too few goods type of thing. But the reason it's important is because generally speaking, what central banks have to do to combat inflation is raise rates. That the raise rates and that that should strengthen the currency. It should it also kind of creates a risk off asset classes tend to go down in prices. So it's it's a tightening. It's a tightening move. Generally, it's not very, you know, economically growth oriented. <laughs> you do it to cool things down. So if you think about it from a, a political standpoint, it's not like the most uh it's not what the people want to hear, you know what I'm saying? But you have to raise rates to combat this and stop it. This is why the Fed's trapped. This is why the mm-hmm. Fed's trapped. And if you raise rates, what's happening to those mortgage rates? Mm-hmm. So the mortgage is going to go up. If mortgage rates go up, then the houses gets a little more un- unaffordable from a uh, financing standpoint. And to compensate for the unaffordability, buyers will bid less and the price will come down. That's kind mm-hmm. of how it works. It works in reverse. When the rates go down and affordability goes up, that will boost housing prices. And that's where we're at right now. But mm-hmm. again, we're, we're, we're reaching close to the end of the line. We're getting trapped here. So we'll see what happens. Particularly with that supply issue becoming a problem, the delays with supply and how that's affecting the housing market, new new development, construction. Yeah, the builders. Builders. Yeah, and that's that's all very, I mean, in those worlds, these are very real problems. Mm-hmm. These are very real problems. I mean, anyone that's doing renovations right now um, or planned, planned projects right now is is very aware of how hard it is to secure labor 
and all the materials at a, at a reasonable price to uh, mm-hmm. what it was two years ago. And that's not what's going on right now. You got to pass on those higher costs or not, not built. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to have a lot of developers facing a decision to not build. This is when something gets cost not feasible, you make hard decisions. And that could, again, that could further. I think that's one of the forces right now that's, that's in housing's favor right now is that it's not like we have a, a ton of inventory and, and it's, it's just affecting pouring on supply. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. And looking ahead at the at the builders, I don't I don't know I don't know many builders that are ramping up, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, because you are so data driven, I guess I I wanna say uh, ask you what is your post-COVID world look like? And you know, there's so many changes that have taken on in real estate. What's gonna stick and what's just gonna Go by, you know, go mm. by the wayside, and we'll get back to normal. And I'm thinking things like remote work, but obviously that's that's, that's going to stay. Yep. The near future I, is, of course, the impact of the interest rate. I mean, pre-pandemic, we were at four six five, right? Where mortgage interest rates now were at around three. So that's obviously a concern that's impossible for you to predict. Well, I actually, I actually think. I mean, you know, everything goes up and down, right? So if I if I say an answer is going to go up and down, is that like a cop out? I mean, I I do think that that rates will have a short term bump up, short term bump up. I think the stock market might have a little melt up, little blow off melt up top kind of thing, and then after that, I wouldn't be surprised to see rates go down. Notably, I would not be surprised to see things correct. A corrective force hit hit, hit this hit this wave, huh? Right. I mean, I, I just think everything needs to have the, the air blown, taken out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think 2022 might be the year that that happens. You might see a rising dollar, things that, that, that people don't expect to see. And naturally speaking, if, if the stock market goes into risk off mode, right, mm-hmm. let's just say risk off mode and the credit, credit markets go into a little bit of flux, money is going to fly into US dollars and to US treasuries. So if money, if money flies to US dollars and US treasuries, the dollar is going to rise. All right. So, so that's one thing. And the, the rates are going to go down. So mm-hmm. I think you very well might have a situation where you might see rates even lower than we are today sometime next year. But the, but the problem is, is that's happening as a result of a downturn of a risk off event. How does that impact our housing market? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, I don't even know if the two are hundred percent correlated when it comes to New York city anymore, but when it comes mm-hmm. to nationally, they definitely are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because New York city went down when everything else kind of went up. I yeah, think New York City might. Yeah, over here. Yeah, we're over here. We might do its own thing because we're, I think we're operating on their own little forces going on. We're slowly getting things online, and I think nationally, nationally went one way, we went the other way. You know, so I think mm-hmm. the forces that are affecting national, should a risk off event her, uh, uh, occur, I think is going to be more dramatic in the national market than it is in Manhattan. New York right. So, okay, getting to what we were just touching on, which is the remote work. And your thoughts on that? You think it's here to stay. So, how do you feel it's going to impact? We 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 know how it's impacting residential real estate. What about commercial? Yeah, commercial. I think commercials. Out of all the sectors, residential, rental, commercial. I mean, I think commercial is going to have its challenges for a while. I I think. I mean, you need a place to live. 
you don't necessarily need a place to, to work right now. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a powerful kind of force going on right there. I think rentals and residentials are always going to be, they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to have their little, their little ups and downs, their cycles, but they're going to be fine. The commercial has got a whole set of, of issues that are, that are facing it with this whole change of, of social lifestyles and behaviors that, that the pandemic brought. And I, I think that there's going to be a rebound, but I don't think it's going to go back to where it was before. So I think that they're in like a different, a different, whole different channel. Is that not, is that retail you feel as well? Not just office. Round four retail, I think is going to come back. I'm talking about commercial. I'm talking about office spaces. Right. Really right. commercial, commercial buildings and office spaces. I do think yep. nationally retail is going to come back. I mean, the malls, I don't know. I don't know how that's all going to work out. I, I, I just, the malls, I just feel like has been declining for so long right now. I don't know what's going to happen there. But like the commercial offices where where people are working from home, remote work, working from home, they don't need to go into the office to work. That sector, I think, is going to have its its challenges prolonged. Ground floor retail, I think, is just going to slowly come back. It's because just going to slowly come back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking with the demand and people living, you still want to go shop. You still want to shop. Yeah, you don't want to do it all online. Yeah, it, it's just it's going to adapt. There'll be different types of businesses. Yeah. Some, yeah. some ground floor retail is going to prove that it's not working in this environment. And there's going to be other new ideas that are, that work in this environment that didn't work in the pre-pandemic environment, but now they do make sense in this post-pandemic environment. And I don't know what those are. It's probably gonna be a lot of service-based businesses. I don't know, but I mean, there's going to be change. There's gonna be this, this, there's gonna be a change in all of these businesses and what works. And, you know, the stuff that's working well is going to go to the top. The stuff that's failing is going to fade away and, and go to the bottom and be replaced by something that's working in today's market. And, you know, the young kids are the ones driving the change, not us anymore. Not, uh, Dana, not, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not the, the, the future of the generations anymore. You know what I'm saying? We, uh, we've had our time. So like, you know, when I think about the twenties and the thirties and all those, I don't know what, what, what kind of services and stuff are, are the new waves and that I'm not in tune with it. But I think you're going to start to see a lot more services geared towards that age group. And I think it's going to come back. I really do think city living is going to come back as well as ground floor retail across the country. It's just going to take years. It's not going to take months or quarters. It's going to take years. It's like a stepping mm-hmm. stone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just going to, because you know what you need, you need everything kind of to get back for New York city, for ground floor retail in New York city to come back. You need the, the tourists, you need the foreign, the foreign investors. You need the businesses, you know what I'm saying? You need a whole bunch of things to happen. I think similar on a national front, it's just going to take time. Like one element will come online, then another element will come online, then it's 2022. And then now you're into 2023, another element's coming online. Like, oh my God, it's been two, three years. There's a a lot more businesses out there. That's Mm -hmm. how it's going to roll. Very interesting, Noah. Great to have your perspective. And I would like to speak to affordable housing because that's really becoming an issue because housing is increasingly becoming unaffordable. I know your partner, John, can speak to this more, so I'll look forward to speaking to him in the future. But are there any other issues that you see that I'm not talking about or that you feel have some sort of impact on where we're going to see housing go, at least in the short. No, I think you covered a lot of points over here. I mean, I, I would just say that we're 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 in uncharted territory. We we have just been through a crazy period in time of human history. I I don't think we're 
through it yet. I think we're still finding our way and, and we're seeing what works and what doesn't work. But again, I, I think in, in two years from now, I don't think we're going to be talking much about COVID. I think we're going to get over it. It's going to get old and we're going to be in the new world. So I, I look at the markets right now and I, I kind of feel like the, the, the buyers, the buyers of housing and, and the human psychology is still operating at a post-pandemic reaction level. We're, we're just all reacting and adapting to this craziness. And I don't think it's real. I, 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 it's real in that sense. It's real. But I mean, I think it's something that is going to pass and change. I don't think that the housing market, as we're seeing it right now, is going to be like this in two years from now. I think it's going to kind of go back to the way it was a little bit. So I think we're still in this adaptive, reactionary period of housing. Buyers are doing crazy things. Buyers are buying places that they probably never thought they would buy a year ago. Mm-hmm. Put it that way. Buyers, I know people... I know people locally here that are buying houses and they told me, I never, ever thought that in a million years that I would be paying this amount of money to buy a house for this, you know, for these, amen- for these amenities and these terms and this size and all that kind of stuff. So I think right. everything is just, it's, it's still in reaction mode from this whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. Or moving to Nashville or Ohio or to all Lots of the of other towns how that's affecting those areas as well. Everything's been accelerated. I mean, people people that like, uh, I'll move out of the city in five years. A year ago, COVID happens, they accelerated that decision. Change mm-hmm. of job, remote, the ability to work at home. So many different changes, life changes are happening at a daily level. I mean, when I was talking to this one guy that, that told me about, it, I couldn't believe I was going to buy this. You know what? It hits home. He's like, I got a wife. I got my kids. We've been renting. And it's all of a sudden, all the houses that we saw a year ago that we had options for, now we look out there, there's no options. Yeah. So the urgency, the urgency level in his and his wife's goes from normal or none to straight high. And as a result, their behavior is changing. And now they're, they're a buyer. Where again, they were not thinking this way a year ago. And it's only because of the inventory shortage mm-hmm. and how they think about it going forward. If there's nothing there now, there's going to be nothing there in the future. And we're going to miss our window. We're going to miss it. And that's what I think is happening with a lot of these buyers across across the national housing market. Not to mention the benefits of the the interest rate. It's uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So Noah, as usual, you are so much fun to talk to, and oh. thank you very much for being here. Your insights are uh, so valuable. So thank you again for your time, Noah. And Thanks, you take Dana, care. For having me.